This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Good morning. Good morning. My house is so cold upstairs. I need to turn the heater on. I'm glad we're not videoing this one. I pushed the button and my hair looks like wild. And then thankfully Carmen came on and (laughs) beats me, beats me with the crazy hair. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Are you drinking out of a fancy mug today? Oh, I uh, brought back the I'm speaking Kamala mug. Yep, yep. It's great. Kamala. Uh, Vice President Elect. Madam Vice Kamala. President, if you don't know how to say your oh name, God. Madam Vice President, I do love the that. Coffee, one. The coffee does taste better out of this mug. I don't know what it is. Mm. It's great. History. It's probably history. It is. It's historic freedom coffee. Freedom coffee. That is great. Uh, I don't have any good stories this morning. So, like, nothing fun's happening now that the election's over. Okay, now I'm just at home forever. So, what do I do now? So, do you have something to to cheer me up? Well, I spent the last couple days working on um, trying to get a mask mandate passed in Sioux Falls. How did that work? It it did not. It did not work. <laughs> we were not successful. Okay. I mean, we were we were successful uh, from you know advocacy. You determine success in different ways. I was like, that's a silver lining that we're fabricating. <laughs> So we, I was successful because it was a good experience. <laughs> well, we um, it wasn't it wasn't that great of an experience, but we we presented probably two thousand or more signatures to the city council, and then uh, I lined up some proponent testimony. So I got to speak to some local business owners and try and figure out uh, what would be the best message to reach some of these. Uh, different city councilors. Uh, Janet Brecky just shady chatted with her a little bit. I haven't talked to her in a couple years, I suppose. And then uh, Tuniza Islam is, she's on the lead board with me and she's really kind of a master at some of these. Like she just thinks of things in a different way than I do. So she held an entire faith-based press conference with different religious leaders, including one of the pastors from the church where one of the city councilors goes. Because uh, what we're talking about is saving lives. And if you purport to be uh, Christian, as uh, the mayor does, that we were trying to go after that angle because clearly he doesn't care about trying to keep businesses open. Yes. And so at the end of the day, fail. At the end of the day, we lost. The mayor cast the tie-breaking vote. Uh, he whined on throughout his speech about how hard this was, and he's just done, and it's just too political, and that's why he can't do masks. And then uh, the national press got a hold of it, and the Hill and the Washington Post, and there were like four different... Um, headlines on national press that was like mayor cast tie-breaking vote no mass mandate numbers skyrocketing in south dakota worst county in south dakota so i found that to be entertaining good they deserve it i heard you said you got sweatpants you told me yeah i was gonna say literally the best thing that happened so far this week and it is thursday is that 
my sister called over the weekend because I had complimented the sweatpants that she wore the last time she was here. And she was oh. like, oh my God, Walmart. And I was like, oh my God, I just really <laughs> like them. And she's like, they have pockets. And I'm like, oh, so jealous because my lounge pants don't have pockets. And then she calls because my sister's very good at this. Um, she sees something and she's like, gets on the phone. Okay, I found them. What do you, how, I had like, okay, they come in like burgundy and gray and black and navy. And I was like, buy them all, buy them in every color. And <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and they're at like eight bucks a piece. And then because our friend Shannon drives between Sioux Falls and Marshall every day, she dropped them off for me last night. So I got a bag full of sweatpants with pockets and I'm so happy about it. I was going to say, why didn't you just drive down to the Walmarts and look for them? But then, I mean, this way you had like a personal shopper and you didn't have to pay sales tax since they were purchased in Minnesota. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Um, I looked for the sweatpants when I was at Walmart, which is how I overheard the guy who was buying groceries and ammo. Oh, okay. So I did try to do this myself, but Sarah's just better at it than me. So That's great. It's always nice to have a personal shopper. I agree. When she worked at Home Furniture, she would call and be like, okay, there are there's a TV stand that matches the bookshelf that I got you. It's $99 on a new year's day. Do you want it? And I'd be like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. And then she'd call and she'd be like, listen, the Ottoman that goes with your chair is on sale. Do you want it? Yes, of course. Absolutely. So she <laughs> really could rack up some commission points by just calling me frantically. There's only one left. Okay. okay. I'll, buy I'll buy it. Yeah. So if anyone else wants to sell me things, that's, that's the way to do it. Just it does work pretty well. Create urgency. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're out there stimulating the economy, so we all thank you. You're welcome. Especially when you're buying in Minnesota. So There you go. It's great. People over here are losing their minds because, of course, the governor has decided to tell 18 to 30-year-olds that they can no longer be at bars past 10 o'clock at night, and that is apparently devastating to lots of people. But not to me because I don't go out that late anymore. So it's true. They don't affect to, me. Lock it down. You need to embrace the day drinking. Yeah, day drinking. It's the way to do it. Everything's mm-hmm. open if you day drink. So that's my update. That's all I got. And then what do you? It's no more than three households, no more than 10 people. What's uh, that rule? I didn't pay any attention to anything else beyond the oh. bars and restaurants closed at 10. All right. I just figure. There's going to be all the rules, so I'll just stay our Stay home. Yeah. Oh, after our last good news day, did you find anything fun and exciting to read? I did. I found um, from Vanity Fair, I found kind of a little profile of Jen O'Malley Dillon, Hmm. who was the campaign manager for joe biden's campaign yes and i did not know much about her but the headline reads she is a master joe biden's campaign manager told the political future and she was right Mm -hmm. by chris smith and so it talks about jen o'malley dillon she was the first woman to manage a winning democratic presidential campaign and she's kept a very low profile but she uh, it's pretty masterful, is what it sounds like. 
And so this just kind of talks about she, you know, obviously a lot of people contributed to this win overall, but she was kind of pulling strings behind the the scenes a little bit. And um, they talk about Kellyanne Conway spent about three months running Trump's campaign in 2006 or 2016. Um, but other than that, you know, Dylan's the the first woman campaign manager and talks about how she started with uh, Beto or work in Texas. And yeah, she the was primaries. Just, yes, March 2019. But when O'Rourke dropped out, Biden pounced. <laughs> and Biden needed to of, change up his campaign because the primary wasn't so great for him. So that's also true. Jenna Malik Iman for the general election. And yeah, I mean, you you clearly have heard of her before. I just I didn't know she anything was, about she her. She was big in the Obama world. Um, on all of her, all of his campaigns, she was like the battle states director um, for the campaign in 2012. So she was my boss. Um, yeah, she's pretty quiet. Um, clearly, she's um, analytical, and she does kind of what the Obama, the Obama Biden world always said was that you're supposed to look at the numbers, put your head down, and not pay attention to any of the noise. Right, just follow the numbers. Don't get distracted by anything. And I think we can look back at the Biden campaign and say that's exactly what they did. Their message was incredibly disciplined. Um, You know, Biden, from the beginning of the campaign to the end of campaign, talked about trying to restore the soul of the country or the soul of the nation, as they said. But they literally just kept on with their plan and followed the numbers and focused on those, the blue wall states of Michigan, Pennsylvania, um, and Wisconsin, and didn't get incredibly sidetracked by all the other shiny objects out there, um, which this article talks about. They continue to put all of the candidates' time and energy and money into those three states um, to get those those electoral college votes. And you know, she says at the end that she was the one that would rarely talk. Obviously, um, it says that she maintained a low profile. And that approach fits with the Biden style of individuals ceding the bulk of the spotlight to the candidate. Again, um, I think everybody in that campaign did a really good job of trying not to overshadow Joe Biden, right? Because he's not the most fun, exciting uh, candidate of all time. So any other individual that kind of gets any star power would take away from Joe Biden. There was a whole conceited effort about how much to deploy Barack Obama because he would come in and overshadow Joe Biden if they allowed that. So again, seeding the spotlight. But when everybody was talking about how the campaign was going to win in a landslide and all this stuff, she like came out strongly and was like, we think this race is far closer than people on these websites think, like a lot closer. And And she was right. I mean, so- you're never, you're never as smart as you are when you win, and you're never as dumb as you are when you lose. So, of course, she's getting all of these really great articles because they won. If she right. would have lost, <laughs> she would have been the dumbest person in politics. So take that with a little bit of grain of salt. Um, but she's 44, yeah. and I, just, I thought it was really interesting, and I wanted, I wanted to learn more about her. So Yeah, she's, she's great. If you ever – if you're um, – 
listener of our pod and you also listen to pod save america they talk about her pretty frequently they bring her up too um because she's in the circle of people rad yeah we'll see if we see her uh, as a talking head on any of the, the the talk shows following it up the article says probably not but we'll see what happens so i you know last episode we did we were drinking the champagne um, as well. And there was an article in Newsweek that I thought you would like because this follows up on a previous um, pod episode where we talked about how champagne sales <laughs> were so far down. Well, last Saturday we made it up. So Newsweek says more champagne sold in Washington, D.C. today than the last two New Year's combined liquor store owners say by Benjamin Fearnow. And this is a fun article that obviously talks about people celebrating President-elect Joe Biden winning and purchasing more champagne bottles on Saturday um, than the previous two New Year's Eves combined, which is just astronomical. Apparently, liquor sales were through the roof, specifically in Champaign, in Washington, D.C., and New York City as people, you know, celebrated. And it's just, it's really funny. I loved all the people out there celebrating. There was a a person in here that says they were, you know, popping champagne bottles near the White House. Thousands celebrated the president's um, victory. But the best part about it was like, I've now been sprayed with tear gas and champagne at the same spot, talking about (laughs) being at the Black Lives Matter Plaza in front of the White House. So I just, it's a cute, a cute article um, talking about all the people that are popping champagne, spraying everybody with it. Apparently, it was it was quite the cha-cha slide was playing. People were holding the year fired signs as they were all walking around a champagne bottles. And I thought at the end of this article, Megan McCain, uh, John McCain's daughter, apparently commented on on Twitter talking about how embarrassing it would be to hear about all the champagne and partying. And she's like, I can't imagine if my dad lost and our hometown of Phoenix erupted in jubilation with people pouring champagne all over each other, singing and dancing. Maybe the Trumps don't give a shit about their hometown, but yeesh, as she was talking about all the celebrations in DC and in New York City. So I don't know, funny. We were were with everybody else, Papa Champagne, keeping the economy alive. I... Uh, had seen this earlier and thought it was so funny. The pictures are just great in this article if you get a chance to see them because it's just, it's so colorful. It's so bright and shiny. And well, it, um, it looks like anytime you see, you know, like baseball teams when they win the World Series and they're all in the locker room and they're spraying each other with champagne, it looks like that, except it's everyone outside. Everybody's getting sprayed with champagne everywhere. And nobody's mad about it. Everybody's bring yeah, it on. Everyone seemed pretty, pretty jubilant. The I did see James Corden, and he was talking about how um, also coronavirus still a thing. Oh, and um, I think we all just threw a little bit of caution to the wind on Saturday. And they did say a lot of people were. Everybody was like wearing masks, like. Almost everybody had masks on. So yes, and I and I do, um, except for the, all of the drinking and the marijuana smoking, according to this article. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just it was a long time coming, and it was just so 
I don't know. It just, it looks so fun and it does look fun. So They're happy. all in good mood. So happy for all of us. I love that the crazy liberals bring champagne and the crazy Republicans bring guns. Just kind of a little bit I, of a difference. Glad I'm on the team that I'm on. <laughs> yes, I prefer champagne. Do you have to say so? After we recorded the podcast on Saturday, I met up with some people because it was still so nice out that we got to sit outside. And then we went to David because it was so windy. And David has a really nice patio in Sioux Falls um, on the second, third store. I don't know. It's really high up. And we thought we'd be like out of the wind a little bit. And some nice man at the next table was so excited for us that he bought us a round of shots and called them Kamala Kazis. Oh, no. And they were not. (laughs) We're like, sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's not great. Do not take shots from a stranger. Bad idea. (laughs) That never ends well in the evening. I'm just going to throw that out there, but. That's funny. My coffee is cold. I need more. All right. What, the story that I have been most excited to talk about since uh, I saw it come through, I was like, this is a podcast episode. Oh, show. <laughs> is the story of Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Oh, not the hotel? <laughs> So this is from The Independent, which is a UK publication, and the headline says, I saw Donald Trump's presidency come crashing down at Four Seasons Total Landscaping by Richard Hall. So he had live tweeted the event, and then uh, immediately, like during this press conference, the election was called for Biden, and so how ridiculous it was that everyone ran out of their houses and started drinking champagne. And then we, by Sunday, people were like, what was that thing that happened with Trump? So what happened was Trump sent out a tweet that said, a lawyer's press conference day, this was Saturday, um, at the Four Seasons in Philadelphia. <laughs> and then immediately deleted it and instead wrote Four Seasons Total Landscaping. And everybody was like, I don't understand the words in this tweet because the Four Seasons Hotel is a much more fitting place for a press conference and Four Seasons Total Landscaping is in a strip mall about 20 miles outside the city center in between a crematorium and an adult bookstore. But no, that's exactly where the press conference was and so this reporter says he like found it on a map and was like this is a weird this is a weird thing that we're doing but okay here we go big press conference for seasons total landscaping 11 30 and so uh he got out his map and he drove out there and it was like <laughs> a bunch of press and supporters but it was this like tiny parking lot and <laughs> a chain link fence and fantasy island adult books <laughs> i just don't get it it was so so they had like they put up a bunch of trump signs and a podium in the back parking lot of four seasons total landscaping and it was just chaos because 
then they had this uh, the Trump supporters out front and the press got to go in one by one. And so they said that when the media outlet was called, the supporters booed those that they felt had been unfair to the president. So like Washington Post, boo, Fox News, boo, CNN, boo. And he was like, it was pandemonium. However, as all of this was happening and they were doing the, the, the sound check, CNN called it for Biden. And so all of the journalists were like, what, what do we do? We have to, we are so far outside the city. We have to go. So then people were just leaving if they didn't have enough reporters for their outlet to cover everything. And then (laughs) suddenly like the Biden fans erupted. So now there's car horns and cheers and Giuliani like didn't know. So he's up there talking in this dirty parking lot. And then everything is just, it was complete, complete chaos. And social media really did a nice work with how possibly could you confuse the Four Seasons, Four Seasons Total Landscaping? Was it that they thought they had the hotel booked and then they did not? Was they claim that they meant to do it this way all along because this is a like family business? Yeah, family business, multi generational. And the tight shot doesn't look bad when they do a tight shot, but when they like don't do a tight shot, it's like, oh my God, I think this was a complete campaign fuck up. Oh, absolutely. And so then somebody had designed a shirt. They're like, I'm I'm six celebratory mimosas in and I have designed the Four Seasons Total Landscaping shirt that I've always deserved. And it's Gritty, the um, mascot, yeah. riding a tractor, holding up the champagne, Four Seasons Total Landscaping yes. since 1992. That's amazing. I mean, this company got more publicity than they've ever had <laughs> in their entire life. So that's hilarious and completely... I well, and people started doing uh, Google reviews, like for all your last minute political <laughs> press conference <laughs> needs. I lost the race, but we had an amazing event. <laughs> so then they had to shut down, like Yelp had to shut down their, that's their, amazing. their Google reviews. And that's, that's absolutely. They're like, we would have been open for anybody. <laughs> yes. This place is like, it we would take anybody. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We've been here forever. I also like the other thing that came out during this press conference that shows how ill-prepared they were. One of the people that they had speak was a registered sex offender. And they had no idea that this person was speaking on behalf of the campaign. So this just was all around a mess. Just great. It's the great. owner of Fantasy Island Adult Bookstore said the phone had been ringing off the hook all day, asking people asking if Rudy Giuliani was there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said he was just pissed because they took all of his parking spots, but they didn't come in and buy anything. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, that's great. Well, more people know about his bookshop and Four Seasons. <laughs> it's true. Total landscaping than ever before. So I hope that they see an increase in business as uh, Biden supporters go to take pictures of where all the shenanigans happened. Uh, I saw somebody put it online um, so you could have your Zoom background be oh. the Four Seasons Total Landscaping parking that's lot. That's great. <laughs> it was like that. She's like, for all your Zoom background needs this week. That's awesome. That's awesome. Pretty great. So. Well, we have a special update from Zach, the entertainment reporter. Oh, excellent. I, I was really glad I saw that you picked this article because I had been wondering about this. So breaking news, breaking news from the New York Times. Britney Spears' father remains in control of her conservatorship for now by Joe Corsicelli. Now, if you have not paid attention, 
to all of the things Britney Spears over the last year, you've been missing out. First <laughs> off, she has went crazy on the social media, specifically Instagram. There's a lot of people that think that Britney Spears is being held hostage against her own will. And we are, again, trying to free Britney. We are all on the free Britney Spears movement. And so, of course, I'm sure everybody knows that back in 2007 when Britney shaved her head and, like, hit the car with the umbrella, they deemed her, her family deemed her mentally unfit to be in control of her life. So they created a conservatorship where her dad basically controls her money, controls her career, controls everything, and Britney Spears is back to being a 10-year-old who has to do what her parents say. So anytime she needs money or anything like that, she has to get permission from her father. So over the last couple of months, Britney Spears has been trying to get out of her conservatorship. She has tried to end it and tried to get her dad no longer in charge of her life and her career. Um, it it says in this article that during the during the actual hearing, the court hearing um, on Tuesday, the pop singer that said that she was afraid of her father and would not perform um, while he was in charge of her career. So, wow. yeah, there has been some claims of assault and some violence against Britney's kids by her dad, and. To make a very long story short, Britney Spears no longer wants to be controlled, and she wants her dad to be not in charge of her money. And I don't understand, because I am not a lawyer, why she can still be like held hostage <laughs> of her career by her father. So even now, her parents are divorced, of course. Britney Spears' mom, her manager, her sister, they all are trying to get Britney out of this conservatorship. And her dad just keeps hanging on. And to be honest, he makes money being her conservator, right? Like he gets paid to be in charge of her financial estate. And at the end of the day, I just think like temporarily when you're like going through a mental breakdown, sure, it makes sense to have somebody like try and control this. But this is now like over what, 12 years later, if she wants to be dumb and, and lose all of her money, she should she be should able get to. to. Yeah. She should be able to do that. She's been like worked her ass off. She should be able to lose everything like everybody else can and not have to worry that her dad says no. Because at this point, it kind of seems like they know that Brittany's the cash cow and they're all trying to like mooch off of her. So apparently yeah, so we're going to find I out in a couple – apparently there's going to be more court cases in a couple of months and they're going to try and see what happens then. But – for now, Brittany's still under control of her father. And so this says here that she has a court-appointed lawyer. Why wouldn't she have whatever lawyer she wants? Because she doesn't get to control her money or hire anybody. Her dad has all of her money. So who's she gonna, how she can, who can she hire because she don't got no control of the dollar bills? I know it's but her, up. her mom and her sister have to be like you said, they're trying. Oh, 38. I was wondering how old Brittany was. Yeah. Apparently her, she knows she's worth about $60 million. Um, but 
Yeah, she has said that she will refuses to go out and perform or do anything as long as her dad's in charge of her career and is in charge of her money. So let's all pray for Brittany because this is but messed so, up. Um, Jamie Spears also has a lawyer in this article. Well, Jamie Spears, her dad. Oh, who's the, isn't Jamie also the sister? Jamie, Jamie Lynn? Lynn is the sister. I mean, come yeah. on trashy let's get let's yeah well hashtag free britney free britney we I'll, I'll keep us all updated but as of now we should all agree that regardless of britney is crazy she worked hard for her money it's true she should get to spend it on all of the crazy tube tops and belly button piercings that she wants well um she has to replace some things in her home gym I mean, well, I started, I mean, for people who don't know, Britney Spears burnt her home gym down with a candle. She said, I think she's doing this shit on purpose. So burn it down, Brittany. Well, burn I mean, down. she's probably bored. Yes. It'd be miserable. And if you do want to see a little bit of the crazy, do follow Britney Spears on Instagram because it is a gift that keeps giving. She like tries on clothes and it's wackadoodle, but go for it, Brittany. I'm here wow. for it. You're my trailer wow. trash princess, and America's never going to quit you. <laughs> I love it. So that's that's my entertainment update. I will stay on the beat. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Any parting thoughts over there? Um, it's a really short episode. Yeah, well, we've been long I have two parting thoughts. <laughs> okay, go for it. Um. Uh, so four years ago, I started a nonprofit with some friends called Leeds, South Dakota. I've talked about it a few times and it is officially our four year anniversary today. Oh, uh, so that's exciting. Happy anniversary to us. And also happy birthday to my friend, Jenny Lockhart. Oh, those are short parting thoughts. Um, well, happy birthday, Jenny. Well, I already told my long sweatpants story. That was that was the other option for my parting thought. <laughs> um, I my parting thought is, of course, to pay attention to these two Georgia Senate races that are in a runoff. Again, it's going to control the the control of the U.S. Senate. If Democrats win both, then we will be in the majority. If we don't, we'll be in the minority. So. Just know that there is going to be a lot of attention that is played to these two Georgia Senate races because um, the special election or the runoff election, excuse me, um, is on January 5th. So if you still are fired up and ready to go and you're looking for, for what you can do next. You can text Georgia voters from your couch. Yes. It's apparently a thing that works. I have not done the text thing, but I have gotten a million and a half of them. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, pay attention to that. Again, nothing's going on while we're on break for the holidays. So take all the time that you would spend listening to our point <laughs> and, and change the world. That's my parting thought. The um yep. shit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You can You're gonna have to edit. <laughs> we ain't editing. That's going out. That's live. That's live, baby. <laughs> he had something really important to say and then it um it left you. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was going to say, do we want to tease the After Dark episode? No. No teasing, but apparently we did it. But maybe it'll be a surprise at some point. So 
You run the editing. You, I'm not editing. You're... It goes, all goes up as is now. <laughs> so this is how the world works. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Our Point. To stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Our Point Podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at ourpointpodcast at gmail.com.